Blog Talk Radio. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse Podcast. This is, I believe, podcast number seven. Um, the exciting news for this week is that we will be starting our season preview series. Um, everybody's obviously still in the midst of a uh, college football season, but um, with college basketball season a little over a I think it's like 47 days or something we have um, our countdown going. But um, we're starting to take a look at the teams and kind of see how things are played out. Um, We have a few people on today with us to help us chat. Um, We'll be going over Rutgers and Penn State today. Um, Let's welcome them here. Um, Guys, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I'm I'm Dave. Hey, Dave, why don't you... uh, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself for a second? Hey, I'm Dave White. I am the uh, Rutgers basketball writer on OnTheBanks.com, which is SB Nation's Rutgers blog. Okay. Um, is that Aaron? Are you also here? Yeah, uh, I write about Penn State football at Off Tackle Empire and basketball at BT Powerhouse. Okay, cool. Well, um. As mentioned, we're going to go over Penn State and Rutgers. Um, Aaron, I don't think, can stay with us the entire time, but uh, hopefully we can get through uh, some Penn State stuff here. Um, I guess uh, just to run through our our basic outline here is that uh, our preview series is going to attack two teams each week, and it's in ascending order of records over the last five years, conference records. So um, unfortunately for you guys, uh, Penn State and Rutgers are our first one. Um, do you guys uh, see that trending upward? <laughs> do, um, for Rutgers, uh, do I see trending upward this year? Uh, probably not much, but I think they'll be better. Okay. Aaron, how um, about talent-wise? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's well, pretty um... interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the role players develop around DJ Nubo, who really developed into one of the best players on the team last year. The big downside is that they're losing Tim Frazier, who's been such an asset for them at the point guard position. He's now on the Boston Celtics roster, but they have enough youth on the team that I think that if it develops in the right way, that they'll be even better this year without Frazier, especially with DJ Newell turning to one of the top guards in the conference with this combination of of size, athleticism, and improved shooting ability. Okay. Well, um, that's a good uh, transition for us to jump into Penn State. Um, before we get going, we also have one more writer here. Um, Jeremy, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's uh, pretty early out here on the West Coast, but uh, I am awake here. Um, For uh, anyone that isn't familiar, my name is Jeremy Haynes. Right now I am covering uh, Northwestern recruiting, uh, Michigan State recruiting, as well as uh, Nebraska recruiting for uh, Big Ten Powerhouse. Very happy to be on the call here. Okay. Well, we're happy to have you here. Um, We're just about to start getting into Penn State. Um, why don't we go around and just uh, some general thoughts on, um, I guess Aaron kind of expressed his, but on what you're expecting out of Penn State next year. Um, Jeremy, why don't we start with you? Sure. 
And um, I do like uh, Penn State's roster for the upcoming season, um, but they do have some questions. Uh, Tim Frazier was kind of the uh, do-it-all guard for them last year. He was um, their big assist man as well as uh, one of their leading scorers. Um, DJ Newell is back, so uh, they will have some explosion there um, in the backcourt, but um, I am not certain that DJ Newell will be as capable of leading the offense as uh, Tim Frazier was. Um, Frazier had an assist rate uh, a little bit over a third, um, while DJ Newell's assist rate is more typical of a shooting guard um, and is a bit over 10%. So Penn State will need to find a player to uh, initiate their offense um, this upcoming season. But outside of that, I do like their scoring with D.J. Newell, and I think Brandon Taylor is um, one of the uh, unknown gems uh, in the conference as far as um, the front court. Okay. <clears throat> um, Dave, do you have any uh, um, thoughts on Penn State? <laughs> Uh, I'm the new guy to the conference, so I, I'm really just starting to uh, to learn a little bit about these teams. So I don't know much about Penn State. Um, you know, I know they have uh, some some good talent. They seem like they're really recruiting, but I don't know if those are 2015 players or, or players that are coming in this year. So um, yeah, I don't really know much about Penn State. Just know that they've kind of not had much basketball success. I think they made that NCAA tournament appearance a couple years ago, but beyond that, I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, uh, we'll save your expertise for Rutgers. Rutgers. <laughs> um, All right. But uh, <laughs> I can try. But <laughs> okay. Well, um, I uh, yeah, I I think Penn State. Um, I think they're one of those teams that they're exciting on paper, but I you kind of wonder how much they can improve, especially losing uh, Frazier from last year. He, I mean. I think you can make a pretty good argument that Newville was better than Frazier last year, but I just I wonder you lose him your second your first or second best guy and you already were kind of in the quote unquote cellar um last year. But I mean there are some exciting pieces. They have a lot coming back. Um certainly I think uh as Jeremy mentioned, I think Taylor is an interesting piece that could surprise a lot of people. Um I just I do wonder about that front court. It's kind of undersized, and competing against you know um, some of the bigger guys in the conference, I think that could be a challenge. But um, and um, at least as I've as I've kept up with them, um, defense has typically been a challenge the last few years. So you wonder if they can um, close down on guys enough. Um, but I guess moving. Uh, Moving into a little more specifics, um, we'll start with the the guards. Um, obviously, I think the last couple of years, Penn State's guards have been the strength of the team. Um, I think the first question is that I had was, uh, how are they going to replace uh, Frazier next year? Um, Aaron, do you want to you want to jump into that? <laughs> yeah, Pat Chambers brought in a junior college point guard named Devin Foster, who. Uh, last year, he's he showed an ability to distribute the ball as well as shoot it, so he's going to come in as an experienced player, and I expect him to get the first crack at the starting point guard job. He's probably going to start on day one, and he's a big X factor because as a junior college guy, we 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 don't ever really know, or it's hard to project how these guys are going to perform in 
in Division One. I know Penn State, in its recent history, has had some hits and misses. They had a guy named Travis Parker back when I was in college in around 2006, who was a really good forward for them. They had, um, and they had they've had some they've had some misses. More recently, Matt Glover was a good defender who just never got it going on the offensive side of the ball. So you hope Foster can help replace some of that distribution so that Newell can work off the ball and did what he did so well last year. They also have two freshman guards, but neither of them is a pure point guard. Jeff Garner and Isaiah Washington. Garner is expected to be more talented. I think he will come off the bench as a, as a sort of sixth man right away. He's an athletic scorer. Uh, played some point guard in high school, but not considered a pure guy, more of a combo guy, like uh, he'll hopefully develop into a Taylor Battle, who hopefully won't have to do as much as Taylor Battle did in the past. And as far as other guys, you also have John Johnson still here, though he was a bit of a mess last year. He would kind of jack up shots, not play within the offense. And Gino Thorpe, who played really good defense last year, but we didn't see a lot of him on offense. He did do some more things on offense late in the year. He's athletic, can get to the rim, but we'd really like to see him develop some more. But as far as point guard, it's going to be a lot of foster early on unless he messes up. So I think a lot's going to be placed on the junior college transfers plate. Um, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I like Penn State. Um backcourt um, in terms of scoring. They have a lot of options uh, with their scores, um, led off by obviously the very talented redshirt senior, DJ Newell. Um, the big thing, uh, there's a big question that I have about Penn State is, again, how are they going to replace um, Tim Frazier's uh, assisting and his ability to set up the offense? Um, like you just heard, uh, they did bring in a junior college guard in Foster um, who should be slotted into the starting role uh, from day one. Um, but, you know, behind him, basically the only real uh, point prospect they have is Shep Garner, a, you know, true freshman combo guard. Um, it's just, you know, a question mark for me um, whether that will be enough to, you know, lead the team and generate offense, you know, set up uh, their other players uh, for, you know, offensive success. Um, I think D.J. Newell could probably be the last piece of that platoon system, uh, you know, kind of the third point guard. But, again, he wasn't a strong um, assister or passer last year, and he did um, struggle with his turnovers a little bit. So, whether um, Foster works out is going to be a really, really, really big piece of the puzzle for uh, Penn State in the upcoming season. Okay, um, Dave, any thoughts or just still lurking? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, when when you're uh, in in college basketball, if you're breaking in a new point guard, that's that's tough. But it, um, it sounds like Penn State, you know, has a solid backcourt and can score. But in college basketball, you know. Good shooting guards are are on uh, almost every team, so it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I kind of agree with what Aaron um, is throwing out there. I think Foster, he's. I think the growing sentiment among us, obviously, is that he he may be one of the biggest, you know, X factors, so to speak, about next year's team. I mean, if he's good, that you can replace, you know your biggest lost starter um, 
and really initiate the offense, get everything going, then you don't have to potentially put more on Newbill. Um, I'm also kind of interested to watch um, Geno Thorpe next year. Um, he he didn't get a ton of play last year. Um, I'm curious, Aaron, what do you, what do you think about uh, Thorpe for next year? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see him get out there because, like you said, he didn't play a lot. They had a another guard named Graham, Graham Woodyard who just transferred. Him and Thorpe came in together as freshmen. Woodward got more playing time at the start as a backup who can handle the ball, but that's really all he did was just dribble with it. He didn't. He wasn't much of a spark offensively that Penn State wanted when they needed to give Frazier a rest. Geno Thorpe at least mm-hmm. could defend his position, and he he showed some ability to get to the rim with athleticism. He's definitely they definitely kept the more athletic player with higher upside. Uh, the problem is he can't shoot, or at least he hasn't shown the ability yet to shoot the way the way Woodward could. But mm-hmm. at least with yeah. bringing in Foster and, and Newbo, he still have some shooting. So if Geno Thorpe could be a backup point guard, also plays defense. Uh, and gets to the rim a little bit, that would make him a useful player. But he looks like a role player right now, but he's still got a lot of room to grow. Yeah, that, that's kind of the sentiment I got. Um, the one thing that did surprise me is, looking back, like he seemed like a lot better rebounder than I thought he was last year, um, which surprised I know he had limited play, but uh, that was just something that surprised me. Um, yeah, I think I think he's more of a backup and fosters your guy, but... I mean, who knows? Maybe he can develop and turn into you know, an option there. Um, I guess the the only other big thing I was looking at um, for guards, at least from my perspective, is uh, how good do you guys think Newbill can be this year? I know um, it seems like everybody's picking Kaminsky or Levert as player of the year, but do you guys think Newbill could potentially challenge for that? Uh, we'll start with um, Jeremy. I think Newell has a chance to have the sort of productivity that um, a player of the year candidate typically has. Um, But it's really tough for me to see Penn State winning enough games for him to really get into that conversation. Uh, Personally, I think um, Penn State's upside is um, probably, you know, eight or nine conference wins and, and NIT appearance this year. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, DJ Newell put up numbers that are comparable uh, to any player in the conference. He does have um, a pretty, I'd say, sizable weakness offensively in his outside shot. Um, But uh, especially if he shows improvement in that area, uh, you know, strong shot selection can really uh, negate that, which you saw with, um, you know, Victor Oladipo in his last year at uh, Indiana and uh, some other players recently. I'm just being a little more selective in uh, when to fire the trigger can lift that percentage a lot. And um, while I have a tough time seeing Newell actually winning the award, um, unless, you know, some other major players go down, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him um, put up numbers uh, commensurate with, you know, that that honor. Okay. Um, Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot with what Jeremy said. Penn State's problem over the years has been uh, when they're not good, they're, they have, they're kind of one good guard and, four, and, a, and a bunch of bums surrounding him. So and, and that's, that's the downside of, of this year is that maybe it might be Newble and it might be a bunch of other guys because we haven't seen the 
other players like Ross Travis is one of my favorites, and like you said, Brandon Taylor, although he's he's been hit or miss the, his first couple of years. We haven't seen them develop into the type of players that Penn State needs to surround Nubal with to become a tournament team like they were in 2011 when Taylor Battle had Jeff Brooks and Tim Frazier was first coming into his own. They need two other guys to step up like that. But as for Nubal, he had some games last year uh, where his his shot was working, and and, he's, and when his shot is working, he's always able to drive to the hoop. So this, the outside shot just makes his drive more effective, and he becomes an almost unstoppable player. So if he can just get that uh, three-point percentage up a couple ticks, he shot 33% from beyond the arc last year. If he can get it up closer to 40, he can be a really efficient player. Like Jeremy said, whether he wins player of the year is going to depend on how good the team is. But he's but his efficiency rose a lot when he was switched out two years ago. He had to play point guard with Frazier riding the bench uh, because of the injury. Last year, his efficiency went way up because he was playing off the ball and Frazier was setting him up more. So if a lot depend, of his efficiency depends on the point guard, if that happens, I think you'll see his shot get better and he could be a really scary player for uh, Big Ten opponents. And he could challenge to be a first-team player. Okay. Um Dave, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think DJ Newell will be a Big Ten player of the year. Because um, <laughs> I don't think Penn State is going to be good enough to, uh, like everybody's saying record-wise, he might, he could be a first-team uh, all-Big Ten. i got to get used to saying Big Ten and not Big East um, player. <laughs> but um, I don't think he's going to be a, a Big Ten player of the year, no. Okay, Um yeah, I think I think the unfortunate thing sometimes is that, you know, if you're on a bad team or, you know, a quote-unquote below average, something like that, um, it's really tough to seriously challenge for that player of the year. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's, something, it's just like how people always talk about the Heisman. You can't win it unless you're on, like, a great team. And I think I think a lot can be said for the Big Ten Player of the Year award as well. I think you have to be on a contender. Um and I think that's the thing that's going to limit him. I do, I do think he is going to be a contender for first team um, All Big Ten. I, I don't have him there myself, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up there um, and slide in there. But uh, yeah, I think he, I think he clearly is going to be Penn State's best player this year, unless you know a freshman emerges or something, um, which. Even if they do, I don't expect them to hop new bill. But uh, yeah, I I think he he could be a really good player this year for them. Um, definitely, he I think you'd be hard pressed to find um, even a couple guys that are better like scorers in the Big Ten than him. Um, which we'll we'll see um, as you know maybe he has to create more for himself this year. But uh, yeah, um, all right. Well, let, let's move on to the uh, the wings, quote unquote. Um, we talked a little bit about Taylor. Um, how do you guys see him fitting into the mix this year? And uh, we'll start with Aaron. Yeah, I think Brandon Taylor is, like I said before, is one of those guys that needs to take a step forward for Penn State to have the type of role players they need to make a, a run at the NIT and beyond this year. I kind of had a love-hate relationship with him last year. He'd have some games where he really stretched the floor from the forward position, and he'd knock down three-pointers. He'd have some other games where he, he'd 
he misses shots, and he's not a great defender, so when he's not hitting his shots, he, he doesn't really, he's not great at creating his own shots yeah, against smaller opponents or if he's matched up against against other guards because he's he plays the three, so he sometimes matches up against other guards. You can post them up and do something there, but he only shot 32% from three-point range last year. That needs to get a lot better if he's going to be effective at stretching the floor, so I don't expect him to be amazing. I expect him to be more efficient and to fit into the offense and to be a guy who can knock down shots and hopefully take advantage of teams that are playing three guards on the floor. Okay. Um, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts? Um, Yeah, like I was saying a bit earlier, I really like Brandon Taylor's game. Um, And actually, as far as uh, Penn State's roster, I think Brandon Taylor is probably the second player most likely to be um, an X factor for them outside of uh, obviously Devin Foster is going to be huge for them. Um, Like Aaron said, uh, Brandon Taylor uh, did knock down a good number of threes last year. Um, Actually, uh, Brandon Taylor and DJ Newble both hit 46 threes for Penn State last year. So um, Brandon Taylor is willing to lift and fire as a wing. Um, He's a little bit more able to get off his shot easily, um, which could be an asset for him. Um, if he and Newble are um, able to lift their percentages a little bit, Penn State's going to be a lot more proficient at spreading the floor. Um, basically, all of Penn State shooters last year kind of stalled out around uh, 33% from uh, the perimeter. So if um, Taylor can be a part of fixing that, uh, he could be kind of a sleeper, um, you know, third team, all Big Ten, honorable mention kind of candidate. I, I really do like Taylor's game when he's on, as uh, Aaron said. Okay. Um, yeah, I think um, he's an interesting piece because if you, if you look at any, you know, statistical measure, he took massive steps forward last year. I mean, his win shares went up, his win share for 40, scoring, rebounding, free throw shooting. Pretty much everything went up. But, um, yeah, his, his shooting wasn't that great, which is something you like to see out there. Um, on the wing, and you you do wonder, you know, it, did he reach, you know, his potential, or does he have more, can he get more consistent, and um, I, de- I definitely agree with Aaron, I think he, uh, there is, there are going to be some limitations there, but um, I think, I mean, if he, if he can continue on that trajectory and improve more, I mean, he could be, he could be a key piece in Penn State, really changing the dynamic of the team, I mean, if if defenders are rushing out, you know, to close out on him, that's going to open up so much for guys like Newbill. Um, we'll have to see, but um, yeah, he he could be a person to watch this year. I mean, he has a he has a lot of potential if things hit right. Um, I guess moving on to the yeah. the big men. Oh, I just wanted on. to say that Kiefer Taylor is. They just need him. They need him to score in the post against against small lineups, and they need him to stretch the floor and hit threes against big lineups. And if he can do that, then he'll be a difficult player. I think it kind of boils down to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And he'll be, yeah, he's going to be an interesting piece to watch because, I mean, uh, there's signs there that he's going to be, he could really change things. But um, obviously he hasn't shown quite yet that he can do it. But, um, yeah, I guess moving on to the the big men. um, 
obviously the the two guys who seem to jump out are Donovan Jack and Ross Travis. Um, what do you guys expect out of these two this year? Um, we'll start with Aaron. Um, for Jack and Travis, I like Travis as, as one of my he's one of my favorite guys in the front court just because he's so good at rebounding the ball, which is something that this team has really needed the past couple years with most of the talent in the guard rotation. His shooting did not develop the way I would have liked to see it. He only had nine of 33 pointers, so we don't know if he's going to have an outside shot, but he is a, he can run the floor. He can, he can finish out the rim, uh, not an elite finisher, but good enough that when he grabs it off of the rebound, he can put it back in. And just a guy who plays bigger than his, then when he's listed at his 6'6", it's funny that he's listed as being smaller than Brandon Taylor because Ross Travis plays a lot bigger than Brandon Taylor. He's a really good rebounder. He gets after the ball, and he just needs to get that 15-foot shot down a little better for him to turn into a really good role player in the conference. Jack is a guy who he's tried to stretch the floor, he's, but he's just another Penn State player who didn't hit enough of his threes last year. But he's a really, really good shot blocker, so he's going to have a role on this team. It'll be interesting to see how much the the uh, sophomore Jordan Dickerson eats into his minutes in the upcoming season. Dickerson played sparingly. He was always in foul trouble, but when he was on the floor, he blocked a ton of shots. So Penn State at least has the making of having two guys that are probably not going to be on the floor in the same time in Dickerson and Jack, who can both block shots. And Jack's offensive game is is still a work in progress, just like seemingly every other forward on the roster. Is we, we just didn't see it progress enough to the point where we say we're confident this guy is going to produce and be a really good role player. But Jack and Travis, you're looking for the offensive game to to develop more, and for you like Travis's rebounding, you like Jack's block shot. Okay, um, Jeremy. Yeah, um, Penn State's front court is is also going to be um, a really interesting piece to the team. Uh, one thing that they're going to need out of both Ross Travis and Donovan Jack is for those guys to stay healthy. Um, behind those two, you basically only have Jordan Dickerson, who is a capable, um, you know, shot blocker, but you know has trouble as a defender um, with his foul rate. Um, he has you know a lot of fouls called on him. Um, when he does hit the floor, even though he is uh, very effective as a shot blocker. Um, Donovan Jack is a really interesting player to me um, because, you know, he has a number of skills in his, you know, shot blocking. He is pretty good around the basket, and um, he doesn't turn the ball over. One thing he does have is really good hands. Um, He's an efficient player. He just you know, doesn't do everything well. He doesn't get to the line very well. Um, but he'll be a big piece uh, for Penn State if he can, you know, just rebound and defend uh, without picking up so many fouls. Uh, Ross Travis, on the other hand, is, is going to have to expand his role because he's probably the best player Penn State has returning at getting to the free throw line. Um, so for him, you know, his his shooting percentage probably isn't, even, you know, the big piece he should be most concerned with is um, his ability to get to the line, 
is something that, you know, Penn State is uh, kind of lacking in their backcourt. So they, they might need a little bit more of that to come from their frontcourt. Um, I don't think these guys would be great, but um, if their starters can stay healthy, um, they should be able to cover uh, the rebounding and defense and just kind of be basically more or less invisible role players. Um, Travis might, you know, gain some notoriety if he uh, hits the line enough, but it's it's hard for me to see there being kind of a standout player in the conference among this group. Um, Dave, any thoughts on this one? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm lucky I know who Rutgers front court players are. So, uh <laughs> and it's uh, a little beyond me. Again, okay. sorry for okay. not uh, contributing oh, to this no one, but it's all new to me. Give me a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, yeah, I thought the um, the most accurate sentence I heard, at least in my view, was just that Dex, the blo- um, the blocker, Travis is the rebounder, because that, that was my exact thought coming in, was just that um, if you're looking for a tough rebound, Travis is going to be your guy. Um, but for the block, Jack, I mean, he was a surprisingly good blocker for, uh, what, like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, um, and yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think um, I I am, I think this is the weakest part of the team. I think it's pretty obvious to me, or at least clear to me, that, uh, <laughs> that to me this is the weakest part of the team. But having said that, I think there are positives, and I think – Ultimately, you're looking for this guy, these guys to just hold their own um, and hopefully let Newbill and some of the guards go to work and hopefully win the games. Um, for me, I, I thought that was an interesting point that uh, Jeremy pulled up about Dickerson's fouling because um, I didn't even notice that until I looked back and I was like, wow. I mean, he he did foul a lot considering how little he played. Um, yeah, so that's definitely something – yeah, yeah. If he um, if he can improve that, I mean, having him as a capable backup there, or I mean, who knows? Maybe he could push somebody um, for a starting spot. That would be huge. But um, I definitely think if you're if you're looking to get that extra production out of there, I think you're going to look at least for me for uh, Travis to hopefully start scoring more. I mean, if he can work um, as you guys were talking about on the jump shot, get that down a little bit more, maybe improve on his free throw shooting. I definitely think he could, uh, you know, even even if he could get a few more points, um, you know, per game, which I know is kind of <laughs> general, but, I mean, he had like 8.4 last year, which is, I mean, you'd hope to see a little bit more out of, you know, your four guy uh, there. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe one of them will get down their shot and take that next step. Um, I guess just a... Uh, the one last in terms of personnel, um, incoming recruits. I know, Aaron, you already talked about them a little bit with uh, Gardner and Washington. Do you have any more to add? Or I'll really have to see them on the floor to uh, evaluate them further. I do know that uh, uh, Shep Garner, uh, like we talked about before, combo guard, I think, I think it's going to – I think it, how far he develops and how – much he uh, hits the ground running is going to affect Hino Thorpe's playing time because they are kind of deep at the guard position. So if if he can hit some shots, that would really help this team, which which we as a common theme here is that they all struggle with three point shooting. So if Garner can 
and just hit a shot. He'll he'll open up minutes for himself right away, and, and he's going to push Dino you know, Thorpe for playing time right at the outset of the season. I think Isaiah Washington is more of a project, but uh, so we'll see. Uh, I haven't seen these guys play yet, so I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Oh, I have um, a question Jeremy. about Penn State recruiting. Oh, I hate to – can I jump in? Sorry. Well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Sorry. Didn't they just have some uh, really good top 100 prospect on campus recently? They think they're going to – 2015. Yeah, Penn State oh, actually oh, okay, did okay. land uh, two four-star prospects in the 2015 class. Uh, they have hosted um, a few other, uh, you know, top-quality prospects since uh, landing those two players. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm going to yeah. go back. The 2015 class is a really sexy one. The 2014 class is just a couple guys, but we're really looking forward to 2015. <laughs> so, but uh, that would be that would be really exciting next year. But, um, I'm going to go high yeah. so you guys talk Rutgers. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, <laughs> that really is a bright spot for Pat Chambers. He, like Penn State never gets these top 100 guys. All of a sudden there could be three of them in one class. And that could, who knows, that could be a turning point for this program and maybe turn it into a consistent competitor. But a lot, a lot needs to happen before we see that. But that 2015 class is going to be just a really interesting. There's going to be a lot of hype surrounding it as far as Penn State thing goes. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts on this year's Penn State uh, recruiting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely do. Um, like we discussed earlier, Shep Garner has um, the potential to be one of the key pieces to uh, one of Penn State's um, point guard rotation. Uh, I, I do think Isaiah Washington is, is more of a project. I agree with Aaron on that. Um, one of the kind of sleeper uh, things that Penn State has um, going for them on their roster is that they do have um, two redshirt freshmen that are going to uh, begin their playing career this season. Um, those are uh, two guys from the um, 2013 recruiting class, uh, Julian Moore, a center, and Peyton Banks, um, kind of a shooting forward, but, you know, with his size on uh, Northwest or, or, excuse me, Penn State's roster, he may play more of a uh, power forward role. Um, those guys were both uh, three-star recruits in 2013. Um, I don't know much about either player, um, but uh, if you were looking for a surprise uh, freshman from the Penn State roster, I'd say it's either going to be Shep Garner, um, who could be uh, playing point guard for them pretty quickly, or um, one of these two redshirt um, freshmen who could potentially uh, push one of the um, upperclassmen front court players. Okay. Yeah, yeah I really like. Uh, oh, go ahead. I really like. Um, <laughs> I really like Peyton Banks. I was reading about him last year before I knew he was redshirting. Just reading about him kind of reminded me of of one of my favorite Penn State players, Jamel Cornley who was on the team's deep uh, 2009 other NIT winning team. So he's kind of an undersized power forward slash small forward who, if he can score a little bit, can really help the team in the front court. And, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing him up here. I forgot about the Redford guys. More, and Julian Moore is probably more like Jordan Dickerson. He's a raw, tall, athletic guy who can run the floor and block shots. But Banks, I think, could offer them something that they don't have right now, which is 
which is a guy who can who can maybe post up in the front court. So um, those two guys might be interesting. You keep an eye on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that was an interesting uh, thought to bring up. I think uh, it seems to happen. I know um, following Michigan, they had a similar thing where a guy redshirted and everybody forgot about him. So it is it is interesting when these guys come off the redshirts. You almost forget you have them there. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's um, the the consensus here is uh, Shep Gardner is the guy to watch. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I feel like they'll. I mean, if Chambers is smart, um, which I think he's shown that he'll rotate guys, but uh, I I think you're, you'll see Gardner rotate in at multiple spots. Um, at least is the thought I I had on it, um, and I think that's the best way to do it. Um, if he's the most productive guy off the bench, put him in there at the one or the two, um, wherever he can play. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to be the guy to watch. Um, we'll see. He's going to be – he's obviously in the mm-hmm. Penn State's, um, at least from the outside looking in, the more talented section in the backcourt. But, um, yeah, all right. Well, um, did any of you, I guess, before we get into our actual like record predictions, do any of you have any bold predictions about this season? Um Maybe an off the wall guy or something like that. <laughs> Is that a uh, bold um, prediction for Rutgers or a bold prediction to close up Penn State? Uh, this will be closing up Penn State. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Personally, I do have one. Um, when okay. you look at uh, Penn State's roster, they're not really going to match up well with some of the uh, bigger teams in the uh, Big Ten. I think Wisconsin, in particular, is going to give them trouble. But there is uh, one team that they play one time this season. They're going to take a road trip to Indiana. Um, and I believe that they have a real shot to knock off the Hoosiers in Bloomington for a second consecutive year, which is uh, really, really burn Tom Crean a little bit. But uh, that would be my bold prediction for the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. I think uh, they go into Bloomington and uh, get it done once again. Um, I do think the uh, Hoosiers will be a, a better team than Penn State on the year and will have more Big Ten wins. But I see uh, Penn State being a team they kind of overlook uh, for a second year uh, unbelievably. So. <laughs> All right. Um, Aaron, do you have any? Or, um... yeah, my, bold, my bold prediction is uh, DJ Newell as a first-team All-Big Ten player. I don't, I think most people probably don't have him there, but if you look at how his, the stride he took last year and the role he has this year, I think he can really put it all together and be uh, an elite player in the conference. Okay. Um, I think mine, which I don't think is a bold prediction, but I think Penn State's actually going to be a relatively solid team, but I think their overall record is not going to show it simply because I think they – which we'll talk about in a second, but I think they, they've drawn some tough games, and I think uh, they're going to be one of those teams that you're going to – you'll be set to play, and they're going to – you'll be more scared of them than you should be based off their record, um, which I don't know if is a bold prediction, but um, I guess I, that's a good transition into our – what's your uh, predictions on record, postseason um, appearance, if there is one, um, for Penn State? Uh, we'll start with Aaron. My prediction, I will say 
sent it through Kyle. I didn't even look up how many exact number of games they're gonna play, but I know they're playing eighteen <laughs> games. So I will say. Oh, oh, yeah. I was, I was just more conference, but uh, yeah. If you want to go overall, yeah, I'll go say, Trying to think what they did. what did they do last year? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'll say seven wins and an NIT bid. Seven conference wins, okay. so seven and eleven. NIT, and hopefully go deep in there. And um, although I think there's there's an outside chance at 500 and and taking a shot at that NCAA tournament. Okay, uh, Jeremy. Uh, I think uh, for Penn State, it's all going to hinge on how well their backcourt comes together early in the season. Um, I think for them it's going to be really, really crucial um, that their point guard situation sorts itself out early so that they can um, seize upon their non-conference schedule because I think um, that's going to be the determining factor as far as whether or not they make it to the postseason this year. Um, I think Penn State needs 11 or 12 non-conference wins to uh, get to the postseason. Um because I see them with uh, probably five to seven Big Ten wins, ultimately. Um, I do think they have a chance to get uh, one of those uh, resume boosters um, in Bloomington. Uh, But overall, I don't see them having a very strong season um, on the year. Okay. Um, Dave, do you have any guess? Uh, About Penn State? I actually think they're going to be better than people think. Yeah, I think they're going to be better than people think. I think they're going to be a tough out. Um, you know, with, when you have a player like a, a DJ Newble, you know, which we're talking about being a, a first-team Big Ten player, you know, that makes you a tough out to begin with. So I think they'll uh, they'll steal some wins. Okay, I'm uh when I when I was drawing up my Big Ten predictions this year, I unfortunately had Penn State relatively low. <laughs> um, I had them at 13 and. Um, the the biggest thing for me is they um like we were talking about some of the tough draws. I mean they drew Wisconsin twice, they drew Ohio State twice, um, and those are not easy places Wasn't a problem teams last to beat. Year. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> apparently Ohio State. You know, okay, we can knock those off as two wins, but uh, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean even even though like um, they put Minnesota twice, I I think Minnesota has a lot of nice pieces, and that, neither of those games are going to be easy. Um, on the road at Illinois, on the road at Michigan State, and then even having, um, oh, I, I don't know if I should bring this up as a Michigan fan, but playing Michigan at home, um, <laughs> that uh, that may not, that, that that's a tough game even to win at home. Um, but on the flip side, playing, sorry, Dave, playing Rutgers twice is a, uh, <laughs> that's a nice draw. <laughs> um, uh, playing Purdue at home, Northwestern. So, I mean, I had them around five wins, maybe six, um, which would actually be down from last year, which I think kind of goes back to the point I said earlier where I think they're going to be better, but I don't know if their record's going to show it. But, hey, I mean, I guess, uh, as you said, um, nobody expects them to beat Ohio State last year, so who knows? Maybe they maybe they can pull it off. Um, I guess, I guess, geez, five wins. Um, yeah, I guess they, they might be in the NIT conversation or maybe CBI, something like that. Um, I don't know if they would want to go again. But, uh, but yeah, um, any final thoughts on Penn State for many of you guys? Well, uh, there's always 2015. 
Okay. Um, well, I guess yeah, we'll, we'll start said, to move on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I've said all I need to say, but um, I actually got to get ready for work, so I have to jump off here. But I really like Kadeem Jack. That's my one thought about Rutgers. Very easy to remember. You have Miles Mack and Kadeem Jack. So I wish I wish our best players had rhyming last names like that. That's a good start. Maybe they could, maybe they could trade for Donovan Jack. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as your last note. We'll definitely get, come back to that. Yeah. Aaron, before you go, I hope, right, I hope my Penn State knowledge really uh, you learned something today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, joining us, Aaron, and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again. Okay, well, um, we'll move on to Rutgers here. Um, Dave, I, I think we'll be flipping the script here where uh, you have a little more expertise <laughs> on here than either of us, so that's good news for you. <laughs> Yay! Um, uh, all right, well, why don't we start with um, – we'll let, we'll let you start first, uh, Dave. Um, some general thoughts on Rutgers for next season. Well, um, my thoughts on Rutgers, I mean, everybody remembers uh, that, you know, the Mike Rice – uh, scandal, all the players transferring out, and then, of course, they lost by uh, 61 to end the season uh, to Louisville in the uh, American Conference Tournament. Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. Um, so I don't think uh, a lot of people are thinking much of Rutgers, but when you look at what Eddie Jordan has done, he kind of cleared house with his assistant staff. Um, he kind of pushed a couple other players out, so he's really working on bringing in some solid chemistry. Uh, so I think that's going to help. Um, you know, their two best players are apparently really good kids and are seniors, and I think that's going to help too. Um, so I think they're going to be better than last year um, to the to the eye test. Um, record-wise, I don't know how much better because we know the Big Ten is really good. But I think, um, I think Rutgers fans will see some more hints of um, – improvement and, and maybe uh the, the ship being set in the right direction this year. So Okay. Um Jerry, any thoughts? Um yeah. Uh I do love Miles Mack and Kadeem Jack. Uh also love the rhyming last names. Um <laughs> I expect those guys to look like uh potential NBA players for most of the season and um, while I do expect Rutgers to uh, look better, it's going to be really tough for them to uh, improve on their record, moving to a significantly tougher conference in the um, Big Ten. So, um, interesting to see how that's going to shake out. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, I obviously I don't have Rutgers too high on my Big Ten uh, rankings for this year, but. Um, they do. They do have some interesting pieces. Um, I think. I think the biggest thing is just going to be. Uh, it's just a brutal. The Big Ten is just a brutal conference, and I think it's going to be a, a rough entrance, so to speak, um, for the Knights this year. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, long term, I definitely think Eddie Jordan has some positives going, and I think um, in a couple years, I mean, they definitely could be um, a solid team in the conference. Um, yeah, I guess I guess jumping in, um, we'll move into the guards first. Um, Dave, what do you what do you think Rutgers has in the backcourt this year? Uh, well, they have Miles Mack to to start with point guard. He's five nine. Um, he's more 
he's always kind of been a combo guard, but Jordan last year really tried to transition him into that um, offense initiator. Um, they have a junior college transfer for in Bishop Daniels, who was supposed to be uh, a really good player when he got recruited by Miami, but um, I guess he had some classroom issues. He he just brings a ton of athleticism. He's going to attack the rim. Uh, he's not really a shooter. And then they have a freshman in Mike Williams, who was considered he's a little undersized as well. He's about six one, I think, um, and he was considered the best shooter in New York. Um, and early rumors, when you read some press reports of the summer workouts and stuff, and um, early rumors are that uh, he's really shown the staff something in those um, uh, uh, workouts. So there's talent there, but there's no depth. Um, there's no backup point guard. They tried to get a kid, uh, John Crosby, to, to uh, commit. Instead, Crosby decided to go to prep and then just committed to Dayton. Um so Jordan really had uh, not much luck um, trying to fill that hole. So there's there's no depth there. There's talent. Um, Max is senior. Dish, uh, Daniels is uh, a scorer, but um, there's not much depth. So uh, we'll see. Okay. Um, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, I – I'm a big fan of Miles Mack. He's, um, you know, a short, uh, explosive player. Um, he really does a lot for Rutgers, and I think he's going to do a lot for them again um, this season, offensively, defensively, um, passing the ball. Uh, not not the worst rebounder for a guard, even considering his size. Um, he does need to improve on the uh, perimeter shot. Um, Rutgers doesn't really have too much there, but – uh, I really like him as a player. Uh, the issue is um, exactly as you just heard that Rutgers has has no depth at the guard position. Miles um, Mack is going to need to be on the floor almost all the time to run the offense, and um, you know Bishop Daniels and Mike Williams are both going to be called on to you know help him out right away, um, even though you know they're both new to the program. So. Um, if that works out for Rutgers and everyone stays healthy, which I think is a tall order, um, they should have at least a competent backcourt overall. But, you know, one injury could be a really, really big deal for Rutgers. Yeah, they have a walk-on yeah. player. Um, oh, sorry. They have a walk-on player who is a really good high school player. and um, He's the son of a former Rutgers player from the last time they went to the uh, – NCAAs, and I guess he's a point guard. I guess they could turn to him in a pinch. I kind of a, a preferred walk on, but um, it, it's really bad <laughs> depth wise. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I I kind of have similar sentiments. Um, I think Miles Mack is obviously the guy to watch um, in the backcourt. Um, I actually I, I thought he was a pretty solid shooter um, last year um, to myself. Um, and he put up he put up decent assist numbers, so I definitely think he's he's going to be the guy that creates back there um, if someone is. Um, and I do think uh, Daniels is an interesting guy to highlight. Um, he he did some interesting stuff, and it'll be uh, um, it'll be key to see how he fits in um, this year and in, in the more against some of the more challenging teams. But um, um, yeah, coming from. Uh, Miami. Um, yeah. 
Juco. Yeah. He's just, he just has weird background. He was recruited. Oh, Daniels was recruited when they were still trying to fill, uh, you know, all those scholarships they lost. And, and they were kind of in desperation mode. So I don't know. You know, on a normal uh, offseason, I, I wonder about Daniels if they would have gone after him. But he could be a real nice piece. Yeah, yeah, I think um, he's one of those pieces, I mean, as we were talking about with Penn State, you know, if this guy can step up a little, this guy, it could really change the dynamic. And it'll be, he he could be that guy to watch for Rutgers. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, moving on to the wings, um, there were a few positional switches last year out there. Um, do you want to comment on that at all, Dave? Sure. Um, Jordan realized he didn't have much height on his team last year, so he moved uh, – Junior E2, who was a uh, power forward to play wing, and he moved J.J. Moore to play shooting guard late, uh, I guess around conference time. And uh, I think they're expecting a lot of E2. I'm sure they'd rather him be more stretch power forward. But, um, there's again, it's such a rebuilding process with, uh, with you know, what happened after the, the Mike Rice scandal that um, uh, there's not a lot on, on – in terms of the wing position, they have um, a couple players, but nobody who stands out. They'll, they'll probably start E2 there. Um, they have Malik Kone, who's a solid player. He's a real good role player. Solid, I mean, a uh, role player. He's not going to light up the stat sheet. Um, they have uh, uh, Okoro. I'm, oh, my God, I'm blanking out on his first name. Okoro, who transferred out of uh, Iowa State uh, to be closer to his family after some deaths in the family. He's another uh, role player. Um, played some some uh, some uh, garbage minutes last year after suffering a knee injury. And then they have Ryan Johnson, who's supposed to be a shooter. They uh, recruited out of North Carolina, and nobody really heard of him. He wasn't on any really recruiting charts or, or websites or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. So they have some players, but they don't have much in the way of. Um, you know, standout talent. E2 is going to be really leaned upon, um, I think, on the wing. Okay. Um, Jeremy, any thoughts? Um, yeah, and that was uh, Kerwin Okoro. That you Kerwin, yeah, of. thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, no no real star players um, out of this group. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, Junior 2 is going to be um, – the big-time uh, player in terms of minutes. He'll be um, a sophomore this upcoming season. Uh, you know, really didn't uh, stand out in pretty much any way. Uh, but, you know, he was a, a true freshman um, last year, so I don't want to pick on him. Um, he is willing to shoot the three. Uh, took 41 of those last year, so maybe um, he'll develop a little bit in that direction. Um, you could see more play out of uh, Kone or Okoro, but um, these are guys that uh, Eddie Jordan is going to, you know, want to see some defense from. Um, he's going to want to see them stay on the floor without fouling and, uh, you know, kind of rebound and contribute where they can. So not a lot of expectations out of this group, which is, I think, what you'll see them fulfill. Okay. Um, yeah, it seems like E2 is going to be the guy to lean on. Um I do uh, wonder about um, him generally as a shooter being out there. Um, he didn't put up uh, good numbers last year shooting the ball, so I would be I would be interested to see if he can improve on that. Um, 
he's still he's still pretty young, so I mean maybe maybe it comes along. But um yeah, I mean he has a good he has uh, solid rebounding now, which is um good to see on a team that um isn't necessarily the greatest rebounding team. Um but yeah, he's he seems to be the guy and uh <laughs> I think the growing sense of our preview so far seems to be uh not a ton of depth um past the top guys. Uh Dave with the C Mac <laughs> Yeah. The thing about E two is statistically he doesn't look great, but if Rutgers fans kinda of saw him last year, he really um again, passed the eye test. The kids out there, he's got an edge to him which I, I think the team kinda of needs. And um mm-hmm. he he plays his role well and has potential to, to do more of that. He he's like, he wasn't looked at as a, a top option last year, but he, he has some grit he um to him. He he hit a shot uh late in a game against Temple in the conference opener last year that um, the play wasn't even drawn up for him, but he went and got the ball and made sure the play happened kind of thing. So E2, I think, has potential to be a real um, important piece this year and and grow into the role. So we'll see. Like I said, statistically he didn't show much, but um, when you watched him game in and game out, he he showed a lot of potential. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um moving on to the um the front court. Um obviously the guy everyone wants to highlight is Jack. Um how do you see him fitting into the you know, not necessarily the all big ten, but you know, the the conference honor, um second team, things like that, uh, Dave. Ah. I think uh Kadeem Jack has potential to be an NBA player, uh could be a first round pick. Um, I think he's going to show that the team is really going to lean on him this year. I think he's going to be one of the conference's better players. Um, I, 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 there's so many good players in the Big Ten. It's like the old Big East where you might have a great player and um, he might not make a conference team, but I think Jack has potential to be a, a really, really good player. I hate to, to um, you know, guess and say, oh, first or second Big Big Ten um, without, you know, I'm still learning the conference and stuff. But uh, I think Jack has potential to be an NBA draft pick. Um, he, he fits the role. He has the size. Um, if you look at some of the stuff he's put out on social media, he's started to add a three-point shot, at least in, you know, his workouts. Um, I, I think he's he scored 30 twice last year. He makes his free throws. Um, Jack is the best player on the team. He's the hardest worker on the team. And I think if you're looking for a bright spot for Rutgers coming into this year, it's going to be Kadeem Jack and, and Miles Mack. Um, so could he be a first-team All-Big Ten uh, player? There's potential. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like to make predictions like that. I just think he's going to be really good. Okay. Um, Jeremy, uh, any thoughts? Um, yeah, definitely. Kadeem Jack is a, an outstanding player. Um, like Dave said, I think he has the potential to be a first-round pick. Um, I think he'll run into uh, some of the same issues that um, DJ Newell will in getting uh, Big Ten Player of the Year consideration. Um, it's just that I, I just see Rutgers is really struggling um, this coming year. Uh, I think Kadeem will be fantastic. Uh, he rebounds very well for his size. He's an excellent shot blocker um, for a 6'9 player. 
Um, Dave said he was talking about on uh, social media uh, how he's looking at a three-point shot, and um, he did hit uh, two out of three of his attempts last year. So, you know, if he's judicious <laughs> with the attempts, that could be uh, six or seven. Um, so that would be great. Uh, you know, I, I see him being in the NBA uh, for sure after his senior season. I just, I just don't know whether it'll be as a uh, first or second round pick. Um, it would be kind of, kind of strange to see uh, Jack drafted um, in the NBA without making a uh, Big Ten All Conference team, but I think that is a possibility. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I definitely think he's a really good player. Um, and I think he'll be in that mix. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure he'll be able to reach that first team. Um, just as we've been alluding to, just the depth of the conference. There's just a lot of good players, but um, I definitely think he will be in the mix for the second All Big Ten team. Though, um, as you guys have mentioned, he's got a a pretty diverse skill set, and if he can develop a um, a three point shot, I mean, he he could really take the step forward. Um, it would actually be, uh, yeah, that would that would be very impressive if he could, you know, rebound how he's been, block for his size, and um, shoot the long ball as well. Um, I guess for the um, for the rest of the uh, the front court, um, Dave, who else do you see being a factor up front besides Jack? Um, I think uh, you're going to see um, Greg Lewis, who's uh, uh, I guess he's a redshirt junior this year. He'll probably start. Um, he's always been hurt, um, kind of uh, never has played enough to live up to the potential, the hype that when he was recruited, um, I had heard rumors that he was one of the Mike Rice's uh, uh, top picks. You know, he had to land this kid. But um, he's been hurt a lot, and um, he's never really found a role. But I think he's going to start. Um, unless one of the two freshmen, they have two freshmen in Shaquille Dorson, who's a 6'10 player that um, Rutgers stole away um, from Pittsburgh, and then Ibrahima Diallo, who's uh, another top, one of those, you know, those kind of kids you recruit and hope that they turn in solid junior and senior years. Um, so there are pieces. It depends, It, it but it's really going to rest on, this season's really going to rest on the shoulders of Miles Mack and uh Kadeem Jack. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, after uh, Kadeem Jack, this is an area where Rutgers at least has, you know, a bunch of guys. But, uh, again, they're a bunch of guys. Um, if Greg Lewis is healthy, he is probably the best shot they have at, um, you know, a real solid role player uh, behind Kadeem Jack. But, um, outside of that, they're they're looking to get rebounds and defense um, without fouling, and it's not certain that they'll have that. You know, so we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the Lewis one is an interesting one because I mean, he was pretty limited in minutes, but um, yeah, I mean, if he if he could turn into a solid piece, uh, that could really be, be a boost for Rutgers up front, and if you could pair, you know, a solid rebounder, which he he showed himself to at least be a decent rebounder, um, along with Jack, uh, I think that would do a lot for Rutgers um, up front. If, you know, if they can get some solid defense, some rebounding, and hopefully, you know, Jack and um, Mac can 
get things done uh, for scoring. But, um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, I guess moving on to the last section, which uh, I do have to admit, I don't have I don't have much knowledge about this. But uh, Dave, how how does the incoming recruiting class look for Rutgers? Uh, the, the kids that are coming on on campus this year, um, mm-hmm. they have uh, five new players. Um, like we said, they have Bishop Daniels and Mike Williams, which is the I think the two players where you're going to see. Uh, play play the most. Daniels is a JUCO. Mike Williams has been getting rave reviews. He's, he's supposed to be an excellent a dead-eye shooter. Um, they have Shaquille Dorson, who I think has a lot of potential. He's a former four-star recruit. Like I said, Pitt um, originally landed him, and then I think they had scholarship issues. They, they had over-recruited. So um, Rutgers' new assistant, Greg Vitrone, um, had a connection there and kind of landed Dorson, and then they have two kids who, who are projects. Um, Ryan Johnson out of uh, North Carolina is a wing. He's um, he's got the size in terms of height. I don't think he has the build yet, but he's supposed to be able to shoot. And then Ibrahim Diallo again, he's a project as well. So clearly Jordan is looking towards you know two three years down the line to really turn this team into um, a good one. But they have some. They have. Uh, Mike Williams, Daniels, and Dorson, especially, are th- I think kids, uh, Rutgers fans can be excited about. So that that's your okay. class coming in. Okay. Um, Jeremy, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, my thoughts are pretty similar to Dave in that I feel like um, Bishop Daniels, Mike Williams, and Shaq Dorson are the guys that have the potential to play um, early on. Uh, but um, Rutgers does have some guys that, you know, have uh, long-term potential for the program, um, even behind that uh, kind of trio that's going to be really big for them right away. Mike Williams is a guy especially that um, could be a real key for Rutgers in his um, sophomore season or um, his junior season. So I see some of these guys being big players down the line, and um, some of them will have to play right away. Um, I think Mike Williams and Bishop Daniels especially will get pretty big minutes, Um, but I don't really see a a star out of this group. Potentially Mike Williams could be a standout freshman in the Big Ten, Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess uh, I'll ask the same question we asked about Penn State. Do you have any bold predictions uh, for this season Um, or prediction? Um, Dave, we'll start with you. (laughs) Um, I I think they're going to knock somebody off, probably at home. I think they're going to surprise one of the top teams. Uh, I think when we talked earlier in the summer, it said the same thing. Um, I don't don't know who they match up well against. It might be uh, a Michigan. Rutgers is going to push the tempo. They're going to try to outscore you. Their defense is not. Last year was not good. I don't know how much it's going to improve this year. But I think the chemistry and with the two seniors and the fact that the building is going to be full just because of these new opponents that fans are going to be excited to see. Um, I think they're going to knock somebody off mid-year that nobody's going to expect. And Ohio State, and Michigan. I don't know who it'll be, but uh, I, that would be a bold prediction for me is that they surprise somebody. Okay. Um, Jeremy. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Dave uh, once again. Um, so, you know, I'm finding that you're a pretty smart guy, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
So I was looking up uh, some information about Rutgers earlier, and one thing that really stood out to me was that um, their average um, travel um, for their basketball schedule is going to be 750 miles. That is about um, 150 miles further than um, anyone else's average travel in the conference which is going to hurt Rutgers when um, they go on the road, but it's going to be a real asset when um, teams travel to uh, Rutgers' home arena, especially um, if those teams are uh, some of the uh, closer to, um, we'll call them Western Big Ten teams in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's kind of funny to call them Western. But um, (laughs) when Wisconsin comes into Rutgers, it's getting a little Skype call here. But um, when uh, Wisconsin um, travels to Rutgers, I think that it's a real opportunity they have to um, knock off one of the top teams in the Big Ten. That's going to be a really uh, far road trip to um, to the Rutgers arena. And uh, even though Bo Ryan is more than willing to uh, pour it on and uh, his team gets rolling, um, they are uh, typically a little bit more of a low-scoring unit. Um, maybe not this year with the team they have. They're going to be really good. But yeah. um, if that is uh, one of their typical low-tempo games, that could be an opportunity for Rutgers to get a really big win in their first year. Yeah, I think yeah, what's that was... interesting... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> what's interesting about Rutgers, thinking back, everybody remembers that big loss to Louisville, but they had terrible chemistry last year by all accounts. And they hung, especially at home, they hung with almost everybody. Um, And they won five games. They beat the teams that were worse than them. But they hung with UConn twice, had a heartbreaker with Cincinnati. Um, They hung with Louisville for a half at home. They hung with Memphis. So there's potential in terms of scheme. And I keep talking about better chemistry. I think that's going to help them. I don't know about record-wise, but I think they're going to surprise a team or two. I, uh... Yeah, I, I I hate to be the downer. <laughs> I uh, I I don't see them pulling off the win. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, Penn State beat Michigan a couple years ago. Um, typically, the the lower team in the Big Ten will knock off somebody. So I mean, it's definitely possible. I just I don't know. I I I don't see it. My my bold prediction was just going to be that uh, Rutgers is a solid. Uh, 14th place, which I don't think is bold, but I I think considering how close the conference has been, um, like wasn't uh what Northwestern I think or Purdue won like four games or something last year, um, in the Big Ten. So like it's it, there were a ton of upsets. Is I think my point from last year. Um, they won five games. So, but um, I I guess that was my prediction, just that there would be some divide there. But um, which I don't think we've seen in the Big Ten for the last like two or three years. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if they beat Wisconsin, that would be a complete program-building win for sure. Um, pulling something like that off, which um, seems possible. I, I didn't know about that travel stat, but that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I guess I guess this moves us right into our uh, the last thing. Um, what what are you predicting in terms of record and uh, postseason potential postseason for Rutgers? Um, Dave, we'll start with you. Um, I think they'll make the Big Ten tournament because everybody does. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think they're going to be a better team than last year and still be, you know, their goal is going to be to not finish 14th because they're going to be predicted to finish 14th. Uh, I think you're looking at top. Um, if the best case scenario is going to be six conference wins. Um, they kind of got a gift from the conference. They start out with Northwestern and Penn State, you know, the two teams that have traditionally been the worst in the conference. So they could start out 2-0. and um, I think they have both of them at home, but I don't have the schedule in front of me. Um, they could start out 2-0 and and then go 2-9. and um, But I, I see them winning about 4-5, to but being a much better basketball team than last year, conference-wise. Okay. Um, Jeremy, any predictions? Or your season. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, like uh, practically every writer you'll see um, in the nation, I'm predicting that Rutgers will finish 14th in the Big Ten. Um, I think their ceiling is probably 13th uh, if they can get above Purdue. Um, you know, they might sweep them. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think this will be a great season for Rutgers in terms of uh, wins and losses. Um, I do see their uh, team improving as, you know, uh, Kadeem Jack is obviously pushing to um, get his name out there uh, for the NBA draft. Um, Miles Mack is uh, looking to pursue um, whatever professional opportunities he'll be able to after this season. So you'll you'll definitely have them coming in off of, you know, what should be their most, you know, motivated and hardworking offseason Um but just like Dave, I see their ceiling probably being six Big Ten wins. Um, and I, I actually don't think that was a, a bad prediction you made, Tom. This this might be when you see that separation um, in the Big Ten, and they may be, you know, two or three games below uh, the 13th place team, which is, you know, a scary proposition when you're talking about three to five wins. So. Mm-hmm. I um I, I oh go ahead Dave. Yeah, I just have one more point. I keep harping on this, but if you want to talk um, traditional Rutgers history, anytime they've made a, uh, I can think of at least three times where they've made a big deal about um, having really good senior leaders. The team has been better than expected. Um, I'm looking for something. If you want to do a little research, if you look at Mike Rice's first year, where he had. Um, talent comparable to this talent and depth comparable to this depth. He um, eat, I think, six wins in the, a really good Big East uh, out of that team. And it was just a fun year. I think if you're a Rutgers fan, that's the kind of year you're looking for, a fun year. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, um, fortunately, I, I also have them 14th, which I don't think is uh, um, crazy by any means. But um, I think the – the most unfortunate thing for Rutgers, and this is going to sound weird, but they get to play their you know one plays. They get the challenging teams at home, which sounds odd. But the thing is, is if you're playing Wisconsin at home and you're a, a lower end Big Ten team, you're probably going to lose. Versus if you get to play an you know a middle tier team at home, you you have a, a better shot in that game. So I think playing Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin at home only and playing Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska on the road was actually a bad draw for this Rutgers team just because it's going to be tough to beat, you know, teams like Wisconsin and Ohio State, even at home. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they can pull off one of those. Um, both of you guys seem to uh, to think that. Um, 
that'd be one that'd be a huge win. Um but I think I think that's that's a tough draw, especially considering, you know, um as we were talking about the Big Ten quote unquote West teams, uh, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, those are gonna be long trips um for road games, which if those games were at home, I uh you know, Rutgers would probably still be the underdog, but I think they have a lot more of a fighting chance um in those games. Um I'm I'm leaning but I guess in the positive light, they get Penn State twice, they get Purdue twice, Northwestern at home, which they could win potentially all of those games. I don't think they'd win all of those games, but um that potentially could get you to five. So I think um if you throw an upset in there, they have a shot at, you know, six wins, maybe seven. Um but in all likelihood I think you're looking more at um three, maybe four, um, which sounds really low, but uh I just think it's I think that was a bad draw for them, if that makes sense. Um any any final thoughts from you guys on Rutgers here or my comments? <laughs> um yeah, I'm Rutgers I, I, I'm Oh, we'll go Jeremy first Jeremy. Okay, um, as far as Rutgers, I'm really excited to see um, how their style fits in with the Big Ten. Um, as far as uh, what Eddie Jordan's stated objectives are, um, them picking up the pace and being one of the faster teams in the league uh, could be good for the uh, perception of the league. Um, I like what they're doing on the uh, recruiting trail um, coming in with uh, Corey Sanders. I think it was huge for them to get a point guard with um, Miles Mack or, uh, leaving after this season. So I like their trajectory. Um, they do have a lot of uh, top prospects visiting um, in the 2015 and 2016 classes. So there's a chance that Eddie Jordan could turn this around really quickly. Um, but, you know, uh, Maryland, as as you know, an Indiana graduate and fan, uh, not so excited to see them join the conference. Rutgers, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what they have to bring to the table. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I, I agree with what Jeremy's saying. Um, I, it's, I really think this team is going to be better this year. Um, I really have a feeling that it's going to be a fun year, even if they lose a lot, even if they finish 14th. And I think um, I think Big Ten teams are going to be surprised at how well Rutgers plays at home if that building is filled. Um, the rack used to be considered one of the loudest uh, buildings in the nation and one of the hardest places to play. Uh, unfortunately, then uh, Rutgers decided to hire Fred Hill, who just destroyed the program, and then they doubled down and hired Mike Rice, who uh, we all know that story. So they're in a big rut, and they have a lot of digging to do. But if they fill that arena and if they find a way to um, be in it with a couple of the good teams, it'll get loud in there, and I think that's going to surprise some Big Ten teams. So uh, I'm really hoping for just a fun year. Um, I'm, my expectations are really low, but um, <laughs> I'm hoping for fun to go see. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and I think you bring up a good point. I forgot to mention this when I was talking earlier, but I think a lot of times um, uh, you can, you can make progress without making progress on your win totals. And in a tough and deep Big Ten, if Rutgers can hang with a lot of teams, um, I think there's something to be said. You know, if they if they can lose games even close, um, I think it can show that they're building something. And you know, next year maybe when they get a little more talent. Um, little more uh depth 
that could go a long ways um, towards competing and building the program. Um, I do, again, I think, I think it's a little tough with the way their schedule laid out, but, um, Hey, I mean, if, yeah, if they can, if they can be a tough out at home, um, that'll be big alone, but, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for uh, calling in guys. I appreciate it. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, thanks. Hopefully, hopefully you had, um, some fun. Uh, I enjoyed the, uh, the hour to get my mind off Michigan football's collapse yesterday, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, we'll be moving on next week to uh, I think Northwestern and Nebraska, um, which I which should be a, an exciting um, podcast. But thanks again for you guys uh, calling in, and I look forward to talking to you guys hopefully again in the near future. And, um, Tom, I really enjoyed uh, the podcast, and uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully getting on next week uh, again. I had a great time. Okay. Uh, yeah, thank, thanks, Dave. And um, for everyone, just to repeat it, uh, Dave writes for On the Banks, um, which is SB Nation's Rutgers site. So definitely check out his stuff over there. It's uh, quality Rutgers um, basketball coverage. <laughs> Yes, Tom, uh, if you need me for any of these other preview conferences to just sit in the back and say I know nothing about those teams, I'm definitely available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll we'll consider bringing you in for that. <laughs> All right, talk to but, uh, All right, yep, talk to you guys later, and thanks for uh, tuning in. Bye. And um, all right, for everyone listening, uh, my name is Tom Spendit. I'm the manager over at Big Ten Powerhouse, and uh, thanks for checking us out. We'll be back hopefully in the next week or so with uh, moving on in our season preview series with Nebraska Northwestern. I think we're going to have Jason uh, on from Inside NU, which is the new Northwestern site. So uh, make sure to check that out. Thanks again. Bye. <laughs>